Welcome back to Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. I am here with not one but two guests this episode as we're going to talk about their latest film, It Wants Blood. Actor, writer, director, and guy who knows how to be a rock star, James Balsamo. And actor, producer, Bill Victor Arukian. How are you doing today, gentlemen? Excellent. Great. Hey, everybody, James Balsamo, excited to be here. Let's party. Now, how did the both of you get into filmmaking? Bill, why don't you take the floor on this one? I actually, uh, thank James. So I actually started, like, only two years ago doing fan film and uh, Star Trek fan films. And I liked it so much that I decided to go into more and more types of films. And I met James, and the relationship just budded from there. And we've been doing films ever since. Well, I, uh... I started at a young age, you know, at uh, the tender age of seven. I wasn't good at sports. I was getting hit in the head with lots of balls, baseballs, basketballs, all sorts of balls. And my parents said, you know, you can't live your life getting hit with balls. What are you going to do? You you can't play sports. You're not good at math. You might have been hit with an ugly branch. What are you going to do? I know. You could act. And so I said, yeah, I could be like Jason from Friday the 13th, part three. And that's what I wanted to do. I started going to acting school since I was seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to college. And then I was like, I'm tired of going on these auditions. I want to star in my own films. And I learned how to make my own films after uh, working for Troma. And that was it. My first movie got picked up for worldwide distribution all over the U.S. and Canada. That was called Hack Job, and I've been making feature films ever since. And with Bill, you know, we've been racking up these awesome movies like It Wants Blood. Now, I've heard in various interviews, James, that you worked at Troma. What made you want to work and learn filmmaking at Troma? So I was working at a comic book store, and uh, somebody went to buy a copy of the Toxic Avenger Part 2, and then they came up to the counter and said, hey, you know, Troma is right in Manhattan, and they, they take free interns. Like, you could just walk in off the street and work for a real movie company. And I said, what? Get out of here. So I called them, and that Friday I went into Troma, and Monday I quit my job at the comic book store, and then I was taking out Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz's trash for free. For a year. <laughs> and I learned everything that I could to make my own damn movie. What was it like working for both of those guys? Incredible. Lloyd Kaufman is a genuine person. He's like, uh, he's a real mensch, as some would say. And Michael Hurst, also a legitimate, wonderful businessman and a kind person. It, it, uh, it was a great experience because I really learned so much working for trauma. Bill, how did you meet James as you discussed that you did fan films before hooking up with James Balsamo for It's Want Blood? That has a good story. It was actually right before COVID. I think it was January. We were attending uh, Nation's Fire. It was a premiere by Thomas Churchill. And we, we, I just went there and all of a sudden there's a photo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, G. Larry Butler said, hey, you got to meet somebody. And he goes, this is James Balsamo. And James goes, hey, I do, I'm a producer. I do films. And then we took some photos. And he goes, and he was shaving at the time. He goes, oh, my God, we both had goatees. I had a goatee, but James was there. And Larry just said, well, you know, 
I bet you James will put you in a lot of films. And I'm like, oh, sure, all right. You know, I'm just thinking, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Then we, then we went to watch the film, but then James called me back a week later saying, hey, you remember me? You want to be in one of my films? And I think it was Killer Waves 2. You want to do a cameo for Killer Waves 2? And I said, sure. And then that's where the relationship started. And then all of a sudden, he called me back two weeks later after that and goes, I have another one for you. You want to do another tech cameo? And I said, sure, why not? And then the big one came where James calls and goes, can you play Raven Van Slender? I think that was that was the call that came in. And we've been going gangbusters since. Let's move on to It's Want Blood. How did you come up with the idea for It's Want Blood, James? So I uh, I love monster movies, you know what I mean? I love creature features and just horrifying things of the unknown. And so I, I really wanted to make my own creature feature, and that's kind of where It Wants Blood came from. What made you want to set your story around two politicians given today's current political climate? You know, I'm one of those filmmakers that I don't like to really speak my opinions out loud. I kind of put all my hidden messages uh, subliminally through my films. And so I think It Wants Blood speaks for itself. Uh, you know, it, in these crazy times, I thought, what a better of a style to do a political monster movie. And, and there's so many undertones in that film and uh, if you watch it I, I think you'll pick up on it i don't even think i really need to state the obvious <laughs> bill what was it like playing a politician in the film you know actually my major in college was political science i'm like oh i can actually do something now in a film but they, james gave me the big spin he goes well can you kind of be southern well I'm like well how southern well like Colonel Sanders Southern. That's how we, I had my costume with the, the Colonel Sanders look. <laughs> <laughs> this film was being filmed like in 2018, 2019, 2020. One of the things that I thought when I heard the title, It Wants Blood, it was going to be a vampire film. Because usually vampires want blood. Mm -hmm. What do you want to go the creature feature out instead and title it It Wants Blood. So it, it's funny, the way I do a lot of my films is I usually come up with the title first. I'll usually do a title and a poster. So originally, when I came up with this title, uh, it was going to kind of be a blob-inspired monster. It was going to kind of be like a muck, you know, that kind of goes around and consumes people, just like the blob. And so I had came up with that title probably even a few years before that. And, you know, I, I like to make a poster before I even make the movie just so I could visually get it out of my head. And so after making this title, It Wants Blood, it was always kind of, you know, hovering around. And so, you know, one day it, it just came up and I was like, you know what, I, I think I think I want to make that monster movie, It Wants Blood. And then that's how I started to develop this creature with Alaric Barca, who is the uh, concept artist on the film. And then we came up with this crazy elephant creature. And then the second monster with Bill came in because of COVID. So the movie was going to be a theatrically released film. It was going to be my first theatrical run. And so I had put all this money into this 
big film, but then I didn't have anywhere to show it. And so I kind of sat on it. You know, the movie was done, but I kind of sat on it. And since I love working with Bill, I kind of came up with this whole other politician character that has his own monster. And then I thought I could capitalize on Kong versus Godzilla and have these two kind of titans fighting each other. The release of this film is perfect timing, as that's currently on HBO Max. How long would you say this film took to shoot from beginning to end? Well, it it's funny because the film from the start to the end was probably realistically a year, but we only actually did eight days of filming. I, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, nine days of filming. So that was the entire shoot schedule. So it, it was really fast to shoot it, but it just was spread out over a long period of time. A couple of the film scenes take place in Africa. How did you pull it off with smoke and mirrors? Because there is no way you guys are going there. That would kill your budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, there's a there's a beauty in the magic of filmmaking with an establishing shot. Now, that is just like a shot of somewhere else that helps put you and the viewer into that place. And so if you just have, like, a picture of some trees or a map that says Africa, and then you shoot your actors in front of... Uh, a backyard with some foliage, boom, you're in Africa. <laughs> I'm going to go into a little spoilers in the film, so you don't mind? No, I don't mind. Bill, do you mind? I don't mind. Now, how come does both of the candidates never meet in the film? Bill and Ro Eric Roberts. Uh, well, you know what, I, I think besides... Uh, having the, you know, reality that most candidates don't really have much interaction besides a, a debate. I thought that was try kind of true to film. And, you know, we had filmed Eric Roberts a year prior to filming Bill's stuff. So that's, that's the reality of it. So you have the movie version and then the actual film story. Now the film has a great cast, including Eric Roberts, who has a very good amount of screen time, given a lot of your films feature various cameos, James. What made you want to cast him as one of the film's main leads? Probably for that same reason. You know, I, I make a lot of films with a lot of cameos, but they're quick cameos. You know, I've heard a lot of people over the years say, oh, it's great that you have these big names, but they're only in it very briefly, you know, so having Eric Roberts star in It Wants Blood was kind of my combat to that. So it, it was nice to have him throughout the whole film. And, of course, the lovely Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita from the WWE, who played Bill's wife. Which we'll, we'll get to her in a minute. Now, another thing that I liked about this film was Eric Roberts' monologue scene near the end of the film. What was it like trying to shoot that scene of that nature? You know, what was interesting about that, that was the day, that was day one on It Wants Blood. And so if you watch the film, the tone of that scene is very serious. It's very dark. You know what I mean? There, I really wanted a David Cronenberg-esque kind of feel to that moment. And, and Eric Roberts brought it. Now, 
On day two of filming It Wants Blood, Eric Roberts didn't want to listen to my direction on taking the film serious as like an old uh, 1950s horror movie where you have, you know, a cheesy monster, but the actors are playing it very straight. And, uh, you know, we had these witch doctors and a severed head and Eric Roberts saw all this and he was like, if I play this straight, people are going to think it's goofy. And so he just went for the goofy trauma way, which also works. You know what I mean? He's kissing this severed head. Spoiler alert. And there's some really fun moments in that. But that really changed the whole tone of the film. So that dark monologue was what I was originally going for for the entire piece. But it it's a nice accent point, I think. Yeah, I think it works towards the end of the film, having that monologue. What was it like to work with Eric Roberts? He's great. I mean, uh, I've done a lot of conventions over the years with Eric Roberts. And uh, I've done a few different films with him. And it's it's always great. He's a fun guy. He loves what he does. You know, he's a hardworking man. And uh, he always came to set with a smile on his face. It's great. And he plays air trumpet. After every take, he goes, (laughs) (laughs) Bill, were you a part of any of the original filming of It's Swamp Blood? Actually, no, I wasn't. That was done in uh, 2018, 2019. I did my scenes... I think only like four weeks ago with Amy and the rest of the other folks for the for the second half for my parts. So it's kind of like uh, night and day. I didn't have the opportunity to work with Eric. Speaking of Amy Lita Dumas, what made you want to cast her in a supporting performance instead of a cameo? Uh, well, I've been a big fan of Amy's work, you know, forever, and uh, you know, working with Bill. Bill is a big wrestling fan like I am, and he was like, come on, I think we should have a diva in this thing, and I couldn't argue, of course, I love divas, and and Lita was my first choice. Bill, you want to tell them that funny story when we went out? (laughs) Not not, not unless Amy's going to listen to this, no. (laughs) We were were having dinner, and uh, James says, well, who's your favorite female uh, wrestler? I think I named a hundred wrestlers other than Amy. And, he, and then he was like laughing. like, Oh my gosh, you picked everyone except Amy. So, so I had cast Lita, Amy Dumas as a surprise for Bill. And I didn't tell him that I got Amy Lita until she was on set. You know what I mean? And so the night before we went out, <laughs> we went out to celebrate the film and I was asking him, Hey, Bill, so tell me some of your favorite superstars. And he went through the entire roster. <laughs> and then when he saw, he was like, oh, my God, I love Lena. How could I not think of Lena? Like it didn't even cross his mind. It was amazing. What a great awesome. experience. <laughs> what a fun surprise, huh, Bill? It was awesome. Thank you, James. <laughs> what was she like to work with on set? She's sweet. She takes direction beautifully. I don't know if she's done a lot of movies, so I I, I want to say this is her first feature film, so I hope she does more, and I hope she comes back for It Wants Blood 2! We actually had a script to memorize for some of our parts, uh, which is uncharacteristic of James, but I said, okay, I'll, I'll memorize the script. <laughs> and she was just so professional. 
and everything she did. And she was so good. Even when we did the improv stuff, she was so good. Yeah, that's a, that was like one of the surprises of the film, the fact that Amy does put in a very good performance in that film. Bill, what inspirations did you draw to put in your character Bruno Bastine the Third? Actually, that's a good question. So my family is actually from Louisiana, and they are Cajun Asian. So they had a drawl. So I was inspired by how they did their southern accents. And I said, okay, well, you can teach me that. So I, I drew from that to get that kind of southern, kind of southern drawl. And that was really funny. I was practicing with my niece, who's also in the film as a cameo. She plays Bruno Bastien's assistant, Miss Sally. So she was helping me out during the weeks with just what kind of what to say and how to say things. So I really drew it from my family who helped me with the Southern accent. What was it like, because this was your first big role, what was it like playing the character? Well, you know, I had a lot of guidance from James, who kind of really helped me, gave me cues on not only what to say, but kind of how to act in the, in the moment. And I think that really inspired me to, like, improv as I was talking with the other actors and actresses during specific scenes. James, what makes you want to cast wrestlers in your films? Because I know the late Bulls Mahoney was in one of your films. Bushwhacker Luke was in one of your films. What makes you want to cast wrestlers? I always try to put a wrestler in, a, in uh, one of my films because I'm such a huge wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan for years. I worked with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, like you said, Bushwhacker Luke, Balls Mahoney, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, uh, Lita, you know, there's there's a whole bunch. So I love wrestling. <laughs> and we have Al Burke. That's right. We do have Al Burke. And uh, Al Burke taught some of those nude wrestlers some real wrestling moves on set. That was great. One of the film's crazier scenes. <laughs> yeah. I, I will not spoil it, but it is a crazy scene. Because there's other things going on in that scene besides that. The film also hosts a big amount of horror names, including Felissa Rose, Brink Stevens, Tuesday Night, and Steve Ryleback, to name a few. What was it like casting them, and what is it like having them in cameos in all your films, James? Uh, you know, it, it's really incredible. I mean, so many of them... All of them are, are real legends in, in cinema and cult cinema. You know, uh, Steve Relsback was really a blessing. I mean, what an incredible actor to be in this fun, silly monster movie. Unfortunately, the day that we were going to film with Steve Relsback, originally he had broken his hip. So I, I got the call and it said Steve wasn't going to show up. And I was like, hey, if you don't want to do the movie, you could just say, you don't want to do the movie. You don't have to say you broke your hip. And then I was horrified to find out that he actually was in a hospital and he broke his hip. And so for like two weeks, I didn't hear from him. And then I talked to him while he was in the hospital and he said he was so sorry that he missed the shoot and he really wanted to be in it. And that was part of the reason why the film got pushed back a little bit, too, because Steve wanted to be in the movie so bad. And I couldn't make it without him. I mean, Steve Relsback's been in so many great films. Turkey Shoot, Life Force, I mean, The X-Files. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Stuntman. You know, how could I just make this movie quickly and not have Steve in it? So I had to kind of 
wait for him to heal. And you see he's kind of walking with a cane in the film. And that's because he was recovering from a broken hip. The film has some very good gore effects in the film. Tell me about the effects artist and what made you decide to go with him on the effects for the film. Joe's an incredible talent. I've been a fan of Joe's work for so long. I remember uh, being a lot younger than I am now, renting Terror Tunes, the first one, in a blockbuster. You know what I mean? So I, I've known Joe's work for a long time and admired his stuff. And then I met him through Thomas Churchill, which is funny that I met Bill through Thomas Churchill and Thomas Churchill's in It Wants Blood. So Thomas was a, a cool thread through this whole kind of project. And I met Joe, like I said, through Thomas at the American Film Market. And like I said, I was excited to meet Joe because I love his work and Wishmaster three and four and terror tunes. And so I really wanted Joe to make the monster. And I actually was in terror tunes four with Joe and he was just a fabulous um, special effects maker. And the way he put together my monster was incredible. It, I just kind of fell in love with it. It was just a little bird. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult was it shooting all the gore and creature effects? Oh, I wouldn't say it was difficult at all. It was really fun, actually. It was a really magical moment, filming all the creature effects. Joe did second unit on the film. He did a lot of the creature stuff. And so Joe and I, we we really worked well together because we had the same vision, you know what I mean, on making the monsters look as cool as they could be, slimy and grotesque. So it was wonderful. Bill, what was it like working with the creature effects. I think it was amazing because James actually let me help puppeteer the mon one of the monsters. So I was actually the hand in the snake for some parts of them. How were some of the creature effects created? As they looked like a combination of practical and stop-motion animation to me. Yeah, they were. Uh, so Richard Svensson who's from Sweden, also known as the Lone Animator, did uh, the stop motion for the two monsters, and he did that big monster fight at the end, which we also intercut with the giant puppets, like Bill said. He did the snake hand, and I was holding the Nadoto elephant head, and then we had uh, two other puppeteers, and, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? We were like, wow, we're doing an old-school kaiju battle. This is great. And uh, that's what made us want to jump into the second one so fast, because it was so fun. I think James and I love the whole kaiju thing, so it was kind of like, we got to do now a farm. Number two's coming. Yeah, kaiju farm. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most difficult scene to shoot? I, You know what? Honestly, I don't know if there was one. Um, emotionally, I, Bill, I would say when Bill got emotional, saying goodbye to the Zawazo. I mean, that touched me in a special place. That was actually, I think that was my most moment where I actually cried. I thought about how my, my past uh, pets had passed away, and I was trying to make that connection with the monster. I'm like, wow, this is probably my, my best moment as, a, as an actor. Is there one thing you wished you could go back and do differently with It Wants Blood? What would it be? So for me... I actually wanted to tell the story of how I got my Zawazo, my, my monster. And I didn't have a chance to tell the story of how I saved it. And it was kind of that whole moment where I pull a thorn out of its paw and it becomes my friend and it falls me home. I wish I had, I had told that story. Yeah, that was in the original treatment. That was just 
you know, we we were running gunning so fast. We had like a week to get all of uh, Bill and Lita's stuff and all the extra monster creature stuff. So unfortunately, that that'll hopefully be in the uh, the sequel because it it was a tender backstory. Speaking of sequels, James, it seems like a lot of your films are going to have sequels. I know Catch of the Day 2 is out. Cool as Hell 2 is out. I know you got Killer Waves 2 coming out. Bite School 2 coming out. And I Spill Your Guts 2 eventually coming out. What made you want to go back to these films? Well, it's interesting because I... I love extending a story and characters, but a lot of it creating characters is from making sequels. I mean, you don't just have one Nightmare on Elm Street, right? You've got 700 of them. So the only way to really make uh, an immortal kind of character is to bring them back over and over and over again. I mean, think about Friday the 13th, right? Jason doesn't even get the hockey mask and become an adult murderer until the third film. I mean, uh, he's an adult in the second film, but you don't get the iconic hockey mask until the third one. So that means they had to create three films just to get to this iconic look. Bill, James, you have a film coming up called Alien Danger with Raven Van Slender. Tell everyone about that film. Bill, you want to take it away? (laughs) You, You are Raven Van Slender. So I play the main lead on this, which I'm so excited about. It's uh, I'm Raven Van Slender, and this is James' first family-friendly G or PG-rated film. It's about um, a group of scientists who, who go out and save other planets. So my big shtick is I'm a cryptozoologist, scientist, engineer, TV show host, and Nobel Prize winner. And I just have a lot of friends who are aliens. And we just do adventures in space. James, what made you want to do a family-friendly film for once? Uh, well, it's interesting. You know, uh, very recently I've become a stepfather, and my stepdaughter Mia can't watch any of my works. You know what I mean? It's hard for her to be involved, and she likes to act. And so I really wanted to make a movie for her. How far in the production process is this film in? Alien Danger is uh, in uh, post-production and we are currently in pre-production for alien danger 2 and today we're so excited to announce dud bradley pinhead himself is uh, officially attached to play the bad guy this means uh more of a big role in alien danger 2 right doug bradley. oh yeah doug bradley is the the villain in the film he's the the darth vader-esque kind of centipede character named general legs Back to It's Want Blood. The film is currently available on Acid Bath Productions' Vimeo page. Will there be a physical media release for the film as well? Yep, the DVD for It Wants Blood and Blu-ray will be available this summer in stores everywhere. Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble. So, be on the lookout. It Wants Blood is coming to you! James, would you consider putting your previous films on Blu-ray as well as It's Want Blood will be your first film on Blu-ray. Yes, It Wants Blood will be my first film on Blu-ray, and uh, all the rest of my films will also be on Blu-ray. I got a new Blu-ray guy, so it's all 
blue. <laughs> what made you want to go to Blu-ray finally? You know what? People have been asking me here and there over the years, but I never really had such a huge outcry for it. But It Wants Blood is shot on such a nice camera. It's shot uh, on an 8K cinema ca camera. Like I said, it was made so it could be shown in theaters. And uh, we're probably still going to do some drive-ins and uh, you know, as things start to open, I'm sure we'll start to do some screening. So It Wants Blood looks so nice, I couldn't compress it to DVD, and I had to do a Blu-ray. So since we're going to do that Blu-ray, why not do them all? With conventions starting up again, are there plans for your company, James, to be back on the convention circuit? Oh, I hope so. I hope uh, Bill will come with me, because I, I love, you know, meeting my fans and seeing all my great you know, circus traveling friends from around the country. I, I I was doing it for so long. It's weird to have a year off. I feel spoiled. I was doing two shows a month. I was flying all over the country. <laughs> so I've been a little spoiled sitting down and enjoying myself. I got to get back out there. I miss the convention. So I, I definitely can't wait to get back onto the convention circuit. Now you get to at least experience it from the vendor side. From the vendor side, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it for the fan side. James, what are some of your upcoming releases that are slated to be released on DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD soon? Well, like I said, uh, It Wants Blood is available now. You can check that out on my Vimeo channel, starring Bill. And uh, also, Alien Danger will be out on DVD soon this summer with Raven Van Slender himself. Also, Hollywood Werewolf with Andy Dick is coming out this summer. And uh, Killer Waves 2, which also has Bill in it. So be on the lookout. Oh, and 14 Ghosts? That's right, and 14 Ghosts, which Bill is also in. That's That's got a ton of cool people in it. Uh, Sabu and Rhino from ECW are in that, as well as James Lorenz from Frankenhooker and, and a ton of other cool people. How can they find each of you on social media? Bill, want to take it away? So for me, I'm on IMDb, but I primarily live on Facebook, so you can find me on Facebook under Bill Victor Rucan. Well, you can find me on Facebook, too. Add me, James Balsamo. I want to be your friend. Or on Instagram, at James Balsamo. Or Twitter, at Acid Bath Product. And you could get all my cool stuff at AcidBathProductions.com. we got T-shirts, uh, movies, VHS, hot sauce, books. I wrote two books, Puns of Peril and... Total Punishment, available at Barnes & Noble also. James, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Thank fun. you. You're welcome, awesome. and have a good day. You too.